Do your kids struggle with contentment? Are your children never happy with what they have, but always wanting something bigger or better? It's only the first week of November, and my kids have already been working on their Christmas lists for several weeks now. Now, I don't mind having ideas of what they would like for Christmas, but when they want every single Lego set in the catalog that came in the mail, it makes me a little bit concerned. So how do we teach our kids to be content? How do we raise kids who are grateful and not entitled? That's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to episode nine of the Family Bible Connection podcast with Laurie Christine. Hey mama, do you feel inadequate to teach your kids about God? Do they have questions about the Bible that you don't know how to answer? Do you want to have family devotions, but you're just not sure where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Family Bible Connection, a community of moms who desperately need Jesus for every step of our parenting journey. We want our kids to know the Bible and grow in their love for God and others. We want to prepare our kids to go into the world as passionate followers of Jesus. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. Through devotional resources, family routines, and Bible study, I will teach you how to create a Christ-centered culture in your home. Happy November, everybody! It is hard to believe that Thanksgiving is only a few weeks away, and after that, it's time to decorate for Christmas! I know that during the months leading up to Christmas, kids often struggle to be content with what they have. My kids definitely tend to get a little bit starry-eyed when they start making lists of all the toys they would like to get, and they're constantly scheming about how to get something bigger or better. So for the next few weeks, we are going to be talking about contentment. How many times have your kids been so excited about a specific gift or toy that It just consumes their thoughts for weeks on end. But then a few days after they receive the gift, the excitement wears off and they're already making the next list, planning for the next birthday or planning for Christmas next year. This happens in my family all the time. In our consumer-minded society, it's difficult to teach our kids to be content when the world around them entices them with something bigger or newer or better. And as much as I would like to blame our society, the struggle with contentment started way back before shopping malls or Netflix or Amazon. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 8, King Solomon wrote this, Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. But, you know, the human struggle with contentment began even further back than King Solomon. It started way back at the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. Eve wasn't content with what God had blessed her with. Satan tricked her into believing that God was holding out on her. Even though God told Eve and Adam that they could eat from all the trees in the garden except for the one, they just had to have that one more. Contentment is primarily a faith issue, not a stuff issue. Eve didn't trust that God was good and that he knew what was best. And so we see that discontentment was the root of the very first sin. And isn't it like that with us today as well? 
Our discontentment is ultimately rooted in the fact that we don't trust God. We don't believe that he is good and that he has our best interest in mind. We don't view his gifts as good gifts. We're just sure that everyone else is better off than we are. And we believe the lie that God is holding out on us. If we seek fulfillment in our circumstances or our stuff rather than in God, we will never be satisfied or content. Our hearts will be like the broken cisterns that the prophet Jeremiah talks about. In the book of Jeremiah, God's people had turned away from God to worship idols, but those false gods did not satisfy the people. Jeremiah compares the futility of worshiping idols to attempting to fill a broken cistern with water. And a cistern was a large stone basin where water was stored for times when they did not have enough rainfall, kind of like our modern water towers today. So in Jeremiah 2.13, it says, For my people have done two evil things. This is God uh, speaking uh, through the prophet Jeremiah. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Now, of course, if a cistern has a crack in the bottom, it can never be filled no matter how much you pour into it. In order for the cistern to be functional and full, the crack must be fixed and the cistern must be filled with fresh, clean water. So what is the solution to these broken cisterns? How do we repair the cracks in our hearts? How do we teach our kids to be satisfied and content? The good news is the Bible teaches us that we can actually learn contentment. And if it can be learned, then it can also be taught. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.11, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. Paul is happy and satisfied with whatever God chooses to give him, whether a lot or a little. And the second part of the passage on contentment in Philippians says this, Paul says, I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Did you catch that? Did you hear what his secret is? He said the secret to being content in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, he says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Ultimately, we are desperately dependent on Jesus to fix the cracks in our broken hearts and to fill us with the life-giving water of his spirit. Now, this all sounds very important and theological, but when it comes down to it, how do we practically teach our kids to be content? Where do we start? So I believe that the cure for discontentment is thankfulness. And what better time of year to focus on thankfulness than the month of November? I believe that the way we develop a heart of thankfulness is by focusing on God's greatness and the blessings that he has given us. When we fix our thoughts and our hearts on God, we can't help but express thanks for all he is and all he has done for us. And when our hearts are full of thankfulness, then there is no room left for discontentment. So I want to give you guys some super practical ways that you can help your kids learn to be content. The first way is to model thankfulness. 
Raising kids who are grateful and content starts with you, mama. Do your kids notice you being thankful or do they see you complaining about circumstances and always wanting something bigger or better? When our hearts as moms are in the right place, then we will be able to model for our kids what a heart of contentment looks like. So how do we do that? How do we create a heart of contentment in ourselves? Well, I believe this is only accomplished by the grace of God through the word of God. When we meditate on God's word and reflect on his goodness and his faithfulness, the Holy Spirit begins to change our hearts and create a spirit of thanksgiving instead of discontentment. So another way to model thankfulness to your kids is to tell them what you are thankful for. So just talking about it throughout the day, here are a few examples. Hey, kids, it's a bummer that it's raining today, but I'm so thankful we have umbrellas and rain boots to wear. Or, you know, I'm really thankful that God gave us his word so we could read it and know more about him. Or maybe, I'm so thankful that you have a healthy body that lets you run and climb and play. And I'm really thankful that grandma is coming to play with you today. You are so blessed to have a grandma that loves you so much. So the next practical way to teach our kids contentment is to encourage thankfulness. So be intentional about encouraging your kids to be thankful. When you do something for them or when you give them something special, encourage them to say thank you. Even if it's not sincere at first, just the act of saying thank you will help to reframe their mindset. In our family, Um, Our kids have to say thank you for dinner before they are allowed to leave the table. So we have taught our kids to say, thank you, mommy, for supper. May I be excused, please? In a few weeks, I am going to have some fun, practical activities for you to do with your kids to teach them about contentment and thankfulness. But in the meantime, here are a few quick ideas to help you get started. Um, One idea is to have a thankfulness jar where everyone in the family can write or draw something that they are thankful for each day of November and put it in the jar. And then at the end of the month, you could pull all of the things out, all of the slips of paper and read them together as a family. Another idea is to keep a thankfulness journal. At dinner each evening, you could go around the table and have each person share something they are thankful for and then mom or dad can keep a list in the journal. Um, Another idea is a thankfulness banner. This is similar to the thankfulness jar. Another idea is to have a thankfulness banner. This is similar to the thankfulness jar, but instead you would hang a rope or a ribbon across a window or on a wall of your house, and everyone in the family can draw or write things they are thankful for on a little slip of paper and then clip them to the ribbon using clothespins or paper paper clips. So it's a fun visual reminder of what you are thankful for as a family. Okay, so we talked about modeling thankfulness, encouraging thankfulness, and then the last way to practically teach our kids to be thankful is to experience thankfulness. Sometimes my kids are ungrateful because they don't realize how much work has gone into the end result of a product that they get to enjoy. So 
my kids often think that money just falls from the sky whenever we want it. They think that I can just buy them whatever they want because I have plenty of money, which is not the case. But when I teach my kids that money actually has to be earned, then they start to appreciate the hard work that goes into earning money. And then they also appreciate the thing, the toy or the event that they were able to buy with that money. So a great way to teach your kids to be thankful is to involve them in the work that needs to be done. Maybe if your son really wants a new video game, you could allow him to do chores around the house to earn the money to buy the game. And then he will be much more thankful for the game in the end because he'll have helped to contribute. Another way to help kids be more thankful and appreciative is to allow them to help with work around the house. Give your kids some responsibilities like loading the dishwasher, helping to cook meals, mowing the lawn, and cleaning up toys. When your kids are involved in making your household run more smoothly, then they will be more appreciative of the work that mom and dad do on a regular basis. Okay, I am going to close our episode in prayer today. Um, And I'm praying in the first person so that you can make this a prayer for yourself and for your own children. You can find a copy of this prayer in the show notes. Lord, you have given me so much to be thankful for. Please forgive me for taking your blessings for granted. Forgive me for being discontent. Help me to be satisfied in you. Help me to model a heart of contentment and gratitude to my children, no matter what the circumstances. Amen. Now, I have a new free resource for you that will only be available for the month of November. So you're going to want to go to my website, thefamilybibleconnection.com, and download this. So it's a collection of printable Bible verse cards that are all about thankfulness and contentment. These cards are a great way to start off your day and to fill your hearts with gratitude for what God has done for you. Each card has a scripture passage as well as an image that goes along with the verse. And you can print out the cards or you can save them to your phone or an iPad and read them with your kids each day. To get a copy of those cards, go to familybibleconnection.com. I am really excited for the next couple episodes of the Family Bible Connection. Next week, I have a really special treat for you and you're not going to want to miss it. And then the following week after that, we will have some super practical activities for you guys to do with your kids that all have to do with thankfulness and contentment. Thank you so much for joining me for episode nine of the Family Bible Connection with Laurie Christine, where together as moms, we will cling tightly to Jesus as we create a Christ-centered culture in our home. If you found value in this episode, I would love for you to subscribe to the show, leave a written review in iTunes, and then share this episode with a friend. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or to download free resources to help you create a Christ-centered culture in your home, go to familybibleconnection.com.